Hey gang, this is Fillmore, just letting you know that if you enjoy our podcast, quite frankly, a Howard Stern podcast, and you'd like to donate some money for the upkeep, uh, or you want to request certain clips, please donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash jimfix. That's J-I-M-F-I-X-X. You can donate as much as you want for as long as you want. There's absolutely no obligation. How many friends do you really have? People you can find. Two. Confide in. Oh, one. <laughs> Confide in. One. Who is that? Beth. That is not your friend. Who is I'm it? Why about couldn't a it be friend? Your, but why could she be my friend? friend? She could be your friend, but she's your wife. I'm talking about oh. friends. Well, she outside. just became my wife. Oh, stop it. She All right, I audition. have one other. My psychiatrist. <laughs> That's not a friend. I don't confide in any friends. I wouldn't trust them. I don't trust any of my friends. You should see who my friends are. <laughs> well, that's what you call a friend. Somebody you can trust. Nah. Uh, I, uh, I, yeah, I would say Don Buckwell, my agent. I would say I'm so close to him. He knows everything that if I know I can go to him and tell him anything and he won't judge me. I don't know if it's a friend. And I've told him some but shit. that's another person you pay. Yeah, I don't have yeah. any friends I don't pay. You do a show here, if it's successful or not, it doesn't matter. And uh, the one thing I don't respond well to is humiliation. I don't respond well to it at all. You know, I don't want to be told what a shithead I am. I don't want to. You know, those days are over. I've I've suffered enough in this business. I don't need to to find out what a shithead I am. Listen, there are people who are at a job too long. They 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 they're not into it. They can't admit it to themselves. But nobody cares around here. Nobody sits here and gets worried about ratings. It's a joke. Well, you don't need ratings here. So I'm, cured. I'm not going to be cured of any. I am me. I am just going to psychiatrist so that I can feel better about certain issues in my life. That's all. Yeah, somehow I believe Leno will just end up at 11:30. But anyway, they're going to—they're announcing today that first of all, Jay Leno is such a douchebag. He's the number one late-night guy. He gets like 20 million a year. He could be getting 50, 60 million a year, but he doesn't want it. Like, that just skeeves me out and makes me think he's a bigger asshole than I have ever... You know, it's just like, oh, what is that? Like, what? why is it you won't take more take money? The money yeah. Like, what are, you, what are you trying to prove? You're every man. You're making $25 million. I mean, no one's relating to you. every man. Yeah, exactly. He's like, eh, I got enough money. Eh, you know, I live on my stand-up. And... Good evening or morning or afternoon, wherever you are, folks. It's Fillmore Fingers, a.k.a. Jim Fix, a.k.a. Fillmore, and this is, quite frankly, a Howard Stern podcast, and with me, of course, is my wonderful co-host, Sam. Hi, everyone. Yes, we hope you all woke up without a, you know, not in the fetal position because of something that happened to you, and uh, we hope you're all staying safe. What time is it for Sarah Washington? <laughs> she's our uh, our contact in London who loves our show and uh, we do this for her and we apologize to her neighbors in advance for anything she's going to do as a result of this one um <laughs> we de- we don't we don't always do uh, the same show back to back and this is no different we're actually going to do a walkthrough a video walkthrough of the Howard Stern Fox pilot which aired in the spring of um 1987 and uh, we're going to do some of the backstory first. And because he doesn't own this particular footage, we're not too worried about if we're going to be over long with the um, 30 second rule and what have you. So, uh, first things first. <laughs> this footage would be like owning 
Uh, just tchotchkes in some fucking garage sale. It's awful. <laughs> Do you remember the? Let's go first. Let's ask each other. When was the first time you actually saw the footage? Because it was. It never aired when it was. When it was made, they pulled it. They kept it. We'll explain why. <laughs> but you'll know why once you see it. Um, when was the, the first, first time you time saw it? The first time I ever saw it is because of you. You were the one when we first started uh, chit-chatting years ago um, at the old place. Yep. I knew about the Fox pilot, but I never knew that the Fox pilot actually debuted like mm-hmm. on YouTube. I never knew that it existed and you could find it. That's so right. So you gave me the link to it. And when yeah. I watched it, I remember talking to you like the set alone just... <laughs> horrified embarrassment yeah yeah and keep so keep in mind um this is remember guys 1987 so picture the landscape joan rivers in 1986 is given her own shot at fox and it's a huge controversy we addressed this a little on the um original the first podcast we ever did together at the old place which was the carson versus sorry wiggy versus late night hosts and it mostly centered around Johnny Carson and his envy of him and what have you. But it also involved some of the other things. And 1986, yeah, go ahead, Sam. By the way, I do love that people seek that episode out of our fans because yeah. they remember it, who have come along on this journey, and sure. they re-listen to it and love it. And that makes me so happy because that was our first go-around. Yeah, and it it still holds up. The audio quality isn't what it would be now because we were using different gear and we just didn't know recording things that we do now. But um, the content, I think, still holds up. So if anybody wants a copy of it, you can also ask ask us. We help. We can send one to you. PM, PM us. It's not not a problem. Um, the uh, what happened was Joan Rivers was, and I could pull it from the Playboy interview that she talked about. She was a constant. Um, uh, like replacement host, a backup host for when Johnny was on vacation, along with Jay Leno. I think I think at that point, Jay Leno wasn't the permanent uh, replacement host. He was still guesting. Uh, and then after this, car- the whole thing w- with Fox that Ellen, uh, sorry, uh, Joan didn't um, tell Carson about it. He blackballed her. He um, he he just he completely wrote her off. Never spoke to her again. And Jay Leno became the permanent replacement host for when Carson was on vacation. So her show did well initially, but then kind of tanked. It was only on Fox. It was like 50 affiliates at the time. People have to understand it wasn't Fox the way we know it now. It was the early days of Fox. And um, so at some point they decided we need to replace Joan and they were working on how we could do it. And they had eventually, uh, Buck Henry did some episodes and then Arsenio did shows and one of which it featured Howard on it. But they also filmed test pilots, which never saw the light of day. And there was a lot of controversy. Why? Why don't you see these? And he went on the air and he talked all kinds of shit about why they're so cheap and all this kind of nonsense. But the fact is they were awful. And we were going to play the first one for you. Yep. So Get ready. Here, I, I, so, I'm already palm sweating. So you I'm know gonna how read, I get through these. <laughs> I'm going to read from what Benjamin calls the Hater's Handbook and the Paul T. Paul T. Colford, uh, Howard Stern, unauthorized King of All Media biography. Uh, and it, basically it says here, um, yeah, it was, uh, okay, Fox planned to test 
uh, April 16th, 1987. Uh, just uh, so I can read along what paragraph. Okay. This, we're going into the second paragraph. Uh, sorry. First paragraph. Um, New York's WNYW TV plotting, uh, Howard was plotting his first major foray into television. It was the flagship station of media moguls, Rupert Murdoch's Foxbot broadcasting network. Um, it was widely believed in TV circles that the fledgling so-called fourth network wanted him for a program that would follow its newly launched late show starring Joan Rivers. Basically, they wanted him to be the letterman to, um, Jones Carson. And that's the slot he would have originally filled. Um, they planned to test it on WNYW over four, five nights during the spring of 1987 and then decide whether to put the venture on the network in the fall. But Rivers, who by now was attracting only half the audience that Fox had promised advertisers, was about to be removed as host of The Late Show, and the fate of her time, time slot remained uncertain. So there was news that he might replace them. And then it says here he met the, um, the uh, execs at this place in New York called Plaza Atene on Manhattan's Upper East Side. He could not have been more cordial and delightful, recalled Paul Noble, who was WNYW's executive producer. So imagine you're Howard, such a, an abrasive pussy, but an asshole, and you're wooing executives. You're putting on your, like your kind face because you were so desperate to get onto TV. Even listen to what Colford said. This was heady stuff for Howard, the prospect of a career beyond early morning radio. That's right. So you just can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, this is, this is uh, what later on we're going to go into the um, uh, fourth, uh, fourth paragraph. It says that there were also signs that Howard's day as a national TV star was still in the distance. As popular as his radio program was, it was being heard only in two markets, New York and Philly. And, um, a foray into national syndication had ended in failure. So again, 1986, 1987, a three hour version weekend version of his show had about 45 affiliate stations around the country. When Fox was eyeing him in the fall of 1986, we're talking about radio stations guys. Uh, in February, 1987, the distributor D distributor D I R broadcasting canceled the syndicated program. The company blamed the decision on the show's shortage of national advertising. So he wasn't, the Howard we'd eventually know was the big, big, you know, big shit. And he was only in two markets. Uh, he wasn't fully syndicated. So I don't know why they thought it would be, I think they was just a hail Mary kind of thing. They just didn't know. And they were throwing shit at the wall and let's see if it works. So, um, Joan did her final show on May 15th as Howard formalized his romance with Fox by taping five hour long pilots at the, to the cost of, around $400,000. And um, basically, they were going to give Fox an impression on Howard would, how he would wear over five consecutive weeknights. Could you imagine and, being one of those test audiences? <laughs> now, keep in mind, guys, we did, a, we did a walkthrough of the Channel 9 roast, which was five years later. When you watch that, that after this, or which, whichever, they're interchangeable in terms of quality. That means five years later, budget or no budget, he hadn't learned anything. No, he sticks to his, he sticks to what he knows. His parents, the staff <laughs> and their limited capabilities and how he needs to be the center of attention at all times. Um, Sam, can you read from page 178, uh, the third paragraph by July? 
By July, Howard and those who worked on the pilots still had heard nothing about air dates. Worse yet, Fox Broadcasting President Jamie Kellner and other network brass were issuing no comment in response to queries about or queries from the press saying that it was company policy to refrain from discussing shows and development. This seemed to save volumes. Although, although there were no formal announcement by mid-July, it was more than clear that Fox had shelved the pilots. In the parlance of Hollywood, Fox was canceling its option to carry the shows. Now, this is, and this is where we kind of go um, to different sources, everybody. The, when, a, when a network, the pilots are a nature of the business. Pilots are shot all the time, and when they're picked up, you see the show for however long, a season, a half a season. You know, depends on how successful it gets. But when you don't even see the pilots, that means they felt they were too awful to even be aired. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And then they, and they also, TV people are, are the, the same as any other industry. If they think they're going to make money with it, they don't care about taste. They just want ratings. So that means they went through it and they go, we don't, they're not advertisable. They're not marketable. And that's exactly what the reasons were given. It says here um, on page 180, in hindsight, the Fox finale resembled Howard's ouster from WNBC two years earlier when Howard's popularity was overshadowed the priority by the priorities of a massive broadcasting company. And they're talking about the, the nature of, oh, his controversy might cause, you know, more scandal and give us some bad attention that we don't as a network want. But in this case, it says, um, he poured out his rage on the air throughout the summer. By August of 1987, the tight-lipped executives at Fox had tired of his rants and slipped a devastating assessment of the pilots to Ben Kubasik, the TV columnist of New York Newsday. Kubasik's sources, who asked not to be identified, told him the shows were poorly produced, in poor taste, despite guests Joe Piscopo and Jackie Mason, and unmarketable, meaning ad agencies would not buy commercials on them. One top Fox executive was quoted by Kubasik as saying, the truth is, they were boring. <laughs> that's the assessment. Of, that's the assessment as given by, you know, and this is a legit... Oh. So, so, yeah, what's that? So they, since his ranting and raving, and they released what was said in his reviews, which he knew because they gave him the reviews, right? Yeah. If Absolutely. You, if you were, were somebody in, I don't know, any field, mm -hmm. I don't even care if you're a student in college and you have marks all over your paper that says you need to fix this you need to add that you need to do better on this elaborate on that try this be more creative in this way why wouldn't you take those notes then when you have other opportunities to be on television why would you continue to do the same horseshit that you were criticized for that told you that that was unmarketable i don't well, understand well, it was a nature, it's a nature of the, any business in that case. Well, certainly the TV business that you do have test audiences. And in this case, they were based on the West coast and Howard was bitching and moaning because he was doing the promo for incessantly, like I'm going to be on Fox. I'm going to be the new Johnny Carson, whatever. So imagine how embarrassed he must've been when all of a sudden, like, we don't know when they're going to be on. We don't know. 
when you're indecisive like that, he, clearly he knew that they were going to not see the light of day. And then he bitched about, oh, they won't even let us buy the tape so you can see them. He didn't want them to fucking see the light of day. And you know that when, you'll know that from watching them. This is a, a post from a guy called Cormano on Reddit. Usually we don't have anything to deal with those fucking cunts. But this guy knows what he's talking about, unlike a lot of those miscreants. And it was, um, someone was asking like, oh, you know, how, I think that the, the gist was how, you know, it was kind of a betrayal for Howard to have loyal, like, you know, guest Joan Rivers in all the time and then go in after her job behind her back. And then it says here, uh, you know, one guy said, well, if it was to replace Joan, then she probably most likely vouched for him. And Cormano says, and I, I know this is true, that was absolutely not the case. Joan Rivers was not leaving Fox on her own accord. Fox was sick mm -hmm. of dealing with her husband, Edgar. Fox met with Howard in April of 1987 and scheduled a pilot for May. They started shooting May 13th, 1987. The very next day, Fox gave Joan an ultimatum, either get rid of Edgar, her husband, or she's fired. Joan said she wasn't leaving him, and she admits thinking that they were bluffing, that they wouldn't fire her, and they did. And they told her the next show would be her last. And, um, and then he goes, they replaced Joan with various guest hosts in the meantime. And I mentioned some of them. Uh, Fox took Howard's show to focus groups. The groups hated it. At the same time, Arsenio was guest hosting and he was quickly becoming a fan favorite. They decided to ditch Howard and ride it out with Arsenio. Now, in the end, and this was in the uh, Carson broadcast that we did, the podcast, um, Arsenio had to do, I think it was The Golden Child. And, um, and then, or Coming to America, I can't remember, but one of those, I think it was Coming to America. And the, uh, I think Paramount made him an offer and he took that instead. So Fox were desperate and, um, they had had some other shows go on and that they, they never did replace that slot properly, but, um, they, whatever reason he went with Paramount and that was his show and he owned it outright. I do find it interesting that you know how fickle like networks, I mean, they can Joan Rivers. It's funny to me how much Howard gets away with with companies. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I honestly, it baffles me. I yeah, don't understand I... how much he gets away with because there are so many bigger names who have been in the industry for far longer mm -hmm. that don't put up with the shit that they that Howard makes uh, these companies put up with. I mean, suing them. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, if, if like, for example, Sirius, it, if I were uh, an exec at Sirius and after that lawsuit, you know, hearing about, oh, you know, uh, I want, you know, I deserve a cut of that merger and those merger, those, the, it doesn't matter how we got them. They're our subscribers. It doesn't matter. If I were him, if I were them, I would have told, I would have made public all the internal figures, all the numbers they know are out there of people canceling left and right and people saying the show sucks now. And we're not embarrass listening. Embarrass him. Embarrass I don't him. get it. But then what happens is it makes him look bad and then it therefore makes their own, it makes them look like idiots. Not anymore. No, I don't think so anymore. You're right. So this is the next part. Someone explaining who the hell was Edgar. Edgar was the executive producer and Jones manager. Fox didn't like the ratings. Edgar and Fox battled over creative control. Months after being fired, Edward, Edgar would commit suicide. And that was at the start where Howard started going on that Fox killed Edgar. And yep. he said it endlessly. Um, but he was already in bad shape. He had a heart attack in 1984 and was never the same. And um, just days before he committed suicide, Joan had threatened him with a separation. So Joan and Edward, Edgar had loads of problems. And um, 
even Johnny Carson remarked that um, it might have been, do you think it was Edgar that pushed Joan to do the fucking show? I don't know about pushing her to do the show mm-hmm. because Joan is always um, a workaholic and mm-hmm. always, you know, super ambitious in her career. So I, I don't know if it's necessarily pushed her to do it, but I do think in that uh, Edgar, his death is, I wouldn't necessarily say Fox's fault, but Howard wouldn't have been saying that if this pilot would have taken off and he would have gotten the show. Absolutely, yeah. Then that that Joan would have been toast. Yeah, it's and it's uh, it's sour grapes. And then this, uh, there's another thing called the um, the Howard Stern failed projects page, something of that nature. I think it was called the ultimate Howard Stern project list. And this was a bit that I don't know where the information comes from, but it it sounds familiar because we know this about his Channel Nine show that the same complaints were made. Can you read this, Sam? Um, but according to, et cetera? I'm so glad it's nice and small in type and <laughs> okay. thrilled that it's like maybe a fucking... Don't even do that. It makes it worse. <laughs> okay. Right. Can you read any of it or but would you like me to? Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it like I'm a grandma on a steering wheel. All right. Hold on. But accordance to one Fox insider, the real reason for the show's cancellation was due to friction between Stern and Fox executives that surfaced while the pilots were being taped. Howard had begun to complain that a Superman sketch had to be pulled because the Fox crew could not pull off the special effect that would have made him look like he was flying. A week later, Howard recognized one of his set pieces being used on another Fox show a current affair, and once again began blasting Fox executives on the air. Howard felt that the sets to his show should be kept a secret until the day his show aired. The set in question was for a game show parody, and apparently the same game show parody was done on A Current Affair weeks before. The same sketch was to air on Howard's test pilot show. The Fox executive who allowed this to happen did so because the test shows were running over budget, and the only way to justify new sets was if they were to be used on other Fox shows. So this motherfucker basically knew that the only reason why these certain set pieces were being built is if they could be used in other shows. But yet Howard is like, everything's mine, even though I didn't prove a goddamn thing. Mm -hmm. What Uh, a piece of shit. Behind the scenes, both Murdoch and other Fox executives began to worry that if Stern was such a loose cannon when it came to doing came to the test shows that he would be impossible to handle once he was on the network. So as a preemptive act, they decided not to air the test shows and fired Howard. Mm -hmm. A decade later, Murdoch would work with Howard again for Son of a Beach, which, by the way, was a colossal, unfunny piece of shit. Yeah, I don't. I don't know anybody that watched it and liked it. I know I. I saw a bit of it uh, when it finally, when I was able to. Some, I downloaded a copy years and years ago, uh, and I looked at first ten minutes of an episode, and I go, "This is shit. This is beyond shit." I remember and, my dad and I when it premiered, mm-hmm. and he just was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, hated <laughs> it. Not funny. Like a Baywatch parody, a Baywatch parody that's as fucking heavy-handed and and ham-fisted as anything that he would make fun of. And it was all the things that we didn't like about the show. Mm-hmm. You know, 
just like the stupid, obvious over sexualization. Yeah, yeah. Nothing it's was so... nothing was subtle about it whatsoever. Oh my god! Right, and that's when. Anyway, so we're going to read about some of these things, but uh, and we've got some uh, clips from various sources, mostly the history of Howard Stern, in which we'll talk a little bit more about it, but. And we'll explain you more of the ins and outs of it. But we're here we go for the first time ever, the Fox Pilot, uh, part one. So, one second. Let me just get this correct. Uh, I have to make sure. I'm, di- I, I'm dying of embarrassment already. <laughs> okay, let's go with it. Give me the same kind of talk show host the other guys are using. Yes, Yes, sir. Give me someone with clean-cut good looks, straight teeth, strong chin, small pores, someone that all America will welcome into their homes. Got it? Yes, Yes, sir. sir. Now get on the phone and find me that man. Yes, sir. Now, when you see Jackie and Fred in this, this is the only time you'll see them in, I think, the entire five shows. And that's Matt Lauer doing a favor for them. I have no idea. Actually, it would be a favor for all those women if he would have just stayed in that box. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like Ann Curry. If you ever wanted to see the American version of Benny Hill, I suppose it looks something like this. Yeah, go ahead. You know what? Yeah. Like, (laughs) even things like Home Alone or, you know, stunts where it required, like, a lot of physicality and things like that Mm -hmm. were funny. I don't understand why they're doing this. Okay, I get what they're trying to do, but why make it so, um, I guess, ham-handed? Well, it's, I mean, who it's, would be laughing at this? Who would think? I, of, who would look at this and think, "Oh, ha, quirky." Well, well, I know, I know that the we have it in the audio evidence, but basically, they had a few writers set up, but then Howard said, "No, you got to get Jackie and Fred. They know my sensibilities, meaning they know my limitations." And he, they, Jackie, and both, I think they admitted Jackie and Fred wrote everything on these, and it shows. Well, Jackie is good at the one-liner responses and responding to things that are happening yeah. in the moment, but mm-hmm. he is hacky. Yeah. And that is I... just the honest truth. And I love the Jackie years. I'm not shitting on Jackie. No. It, but, you know, yeah. And then Fred is completely hacky. Have you heard those puppets? Oh, it's awful. And it, when Jackie left, you could hear it in every fucking shitty joke. It was either Benji or Fred, and I'm sure Fred won't want to take it. Uh, uh, he won't want to take credit for some of those. But either way, um, there was a scene in the second one where they're, I think the second episode or a third episode where they're interviewing Jackie Mason and they're up behind the desk now. They're actually doing the talk show sort of, tr- you know, trope. And Jackie is literally under the desk handing him pieces of paper. <laughs> And he admits it. His hand cuts pulled up out of it. This is the guy writing the stuff for me. And it's it's embarrassing. It really is incredibly bad.
Uh. <laughs> Look at these cuts. And eighty thousand. So what? So eighty thousand a show. If it's four hundred for five shows, eighty thousand a show. He goes on Arsenio and said we can only think, spend ten thousand on our set. Well. Yep, go ahead. You know what this so I don't know if you know this but there was this show in uh I think the early 90s maybe 91 or 92 called Where's Rodney with Rodney Dangerfield. It was a kids show that never made it to air. Oh, they really? only yeah, they only tape like this just came on YouTube. I think it was like I don't know in the last 2 weeks and Kumia was talking about it. Wow. And it's re- it's a 90s kids show where mm-hmm. The kid summons Rodney's like his idol and he summons him into these predicaments in school. Like I'm 14 and I'm two years from getting my driver's license. But and then he's like, you know, in gym class and he's fencing. He's like, oh, where's Rodney? And then all of a sudden Rodney Dangerfield appears and he starts doing his act like but the kids can't (laughs) see him. But he can see him it's just the weird it's the weirdest show it's like i dream of genie with rodney dangerfield it's so fucking bizarre it failed it didn't take off and right i don't think they plan on anyone seeing this and that is kind of how i feel about this like who thought this was a good idea this even well, again, if if it's Jackie and Fred, they got to take the blame. But Howard has to take the blame because he's the one okaying this. And this is what I don't understand. If you want to do a talk show, if you want to do a, a late night show, there is a format, whether you like it or not. In 1987, there was a defined format. And if you wanted it to be zany and whatever whacked out radio, then it's a sketch show. But again... Every time he does this, every time he tries a TV project like where it's got to be the show, it's a mishmash of stuff. It doesn't work, or it's got to be the TV show film, the radio show filmed. Otherwise, he can't succeed. He just doesn't know what he's doing. And do you expect yeah. any of them to? They had no TV experience, most of them. No. Yeah. I'll just mute it for a second. Go ahead. He literally looks like something you pull out in an infomercial for Drano. Like, you know, when they're just like, what's what's in the drain? And then they pull out this big wad of fucking horseshit. Yeah. With the stars, Robin Quiver. Leslie West conducting the Howard Stern Orchestra. And me, Steve, the legend, Rossi. Oh. oh. Now, okay. 80, yeah, go ahead. The 80s, 87, the graphics. Yeah. You know, I get that. I'm not going to sure. shit on that. You know, no. it's fine. Right. It is what it is. But why wouldn't you, why would you pick pictures where everyone looks like it's a perp walk? <laughs> not only, not only that, but it's, it's. If you're going, if the charm, I guess the charm was to make, if it's testing and his Stern's argument was, look, they were just not meant for the, for the air. This wasn't going to be the finished product. This was to give Fox an idea of what we were going to have. 
And by his own admission, they didn't know what they had. They didn't know what to do. They kept doing something different every show. And there has to be some kind of set formula for your show. Otherwise, it just doesn't work because no one knows what they're watching. Like, what is this? And that's one complaint I'm sure the execs had because they didn't know. Yeah, they didn't know what they were getting. Oh, and by and by the man. way, guys, D. Snyder and Suze, his wife Suzette, had a hand in the looks, and I believe they were involved on some level in one of the episodes. So, look at this—the uh, drum riser with fucking cement blocks <laughs> holding it up. <laughs> uh, the, the by the way, the worst part of this outfit. Actually, this is so hard to tell, but I yeah. have to say, why give him a cropped leather jacket? I mean, why make it cropped? He's on the Rhythm Nation tour. <laughs> and I, the beyond, no, it's, yeah. it's worse than that. It really, it's, it's, he's trying to be like, you know, Bowie-esque with the crop, but then he's trying to be hairband. Well, I'm not sure what's happening here. It's a, it's a, as always, it's a mix of whatever. And he was starting to go into this because by 86, 87, he was ditching the, well, he'd long just ditched the mustache, but this was him trying his rocker thing. But again, everything, it's the clothes wear him. The hair and look at the speakers. Doesn't it look like something you see in, you know, Lucy and Ricky's apartment, like a washer and dryer? <laughs> <laughs> On top of this, guys, any look at any Tonight Show, Arsenio, the band's off to the side. Why? Because they take away even your peripheral vision. When you see they're out of focus, you see people moving behind him. They're taking away your focus from the person you're meant to be watching. Oh, that's taking away your focus? How about that brown chair that I think I saw at my grandmother's <laughs> in, you know, 91, <laughs> my Italian grandmother's house, my Sicilian grandmother's fucking kitchen chair what is that doing there well he's got the same gilded throne i think he uses in the in that roast that we covered and then he's got like a chair from that he ripped off from the dmv next to him that robin's gonna sit in oh what a wig it's a pain in the neck this television two hours getting ready so i can look decent and i still look like a dog two hours holy fuck that wig placement, you could tell by the way he's itching and moving. Yep. That's not his hair. No, it's a That's complete wig. No, it's a complete it's- wig. And you, you want to talk fucking crazy eyes. The camera's directly in front of him. He's looking anywhere but the camera. And so he came out of the box with the leather jacket somewhat open, and now it's closed. And it's yep. ballooning in front of him because when you have a cropped piece of material that that's right. heavy, it's bunch especially yeah. if you're tall right okay. and it rides up and he's on a chair that's too short for him to begin with but i didn't cut my hair or anything for television i clipped my nasal hairs for about three or four hours how do i look can you see any go ahead sorry just, that's that's good howard your insecurity about how your nose is big let's draw attention to it by pointing out your nasal hairs what a dumb <laughs> shit <laughs> 
<laughs> well, again, it was just radio shtick ad thrown into the mix because he's so uncomfortable, he's so painfully uncomfortable and insecure, and it comes across. And if anybody wants to compare it, because he bitched and he bitched about Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase has even less excuse. But that first Chevy Chase episode with with um, what's her name, uh, Goldie Hawn, he's just as uncomfortable on the live stage. Like, and it was filmed wherever it's taped in studio. It's not even live. You have the chance to do it over again. And he's clearly a fish out of water. And you could tell it's a wig too by the sweating and how his hair is sticking. It's not the, I'm going to tell you right now, this is not how real hair sticks to your face. If it's sweating, if it's your real hair, you just can tell by the way he itches it and where it's attached. It's so the, the, the net, the netting is bothering his, his actual scalp is what you're saying. Correct. Okay, I didn't. I I don't know. Not having had my own hair for about well twenty something years now. Robin, come on out here. <laughs> this is my favorite. Robin comes out and does the seal clap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the piece of paper stuck to her hand. <laughs> There's something about that that made me laugh fucking hysterically. She's cased in. A lot of people think she looks amazing here, and I agree she looks better than she often does, but not great. And her the best la- years were, uh, I'd say, the early 90s, and then maybe so. like during her crazy colonic years were pretty good with mm-hmm. Artie. Those weren't bad with the, you know, the um, dreads kind of toppled i liked that look mm-hmm. but this is not for me i well, let's let's also check it, this out there's a stool next to them there's a stool <laughs> like in art class when you're sketching a nude and then there's okay there you got the monitors fine whatever it just a door looks... an empty mic stand i mean this is basically clean out the garage <laughs> and we're going to videotape a show. You know, like when you would have your camcorder with your friends and you'd be like, yeah, yeah let's do, let's do, make something. Yeah, and you just garage. did it wherever you could. This is yeah. what we're doing right now. And Absolutely. the black tights in the light blue suit, I don't care what year it is. It's just bad. And it, she didn't wear Spanx, clearly. No, no. Sitting in the back, feeling sort of like if this whole thing fails. I mean, like in another room, about two floors down, we've got Fox Television executives, yeah. like sitting down there watching this thing, and like all this pressure. And I'm checking my hands to see if I'm shaking or anything. But you know something? I don't care, man. Screw it. If this nah. doesn't work, I'll just stay on the radio. Okay. <laughs> now that—that's a way to show exactly how confident you are. Say, if this doesn't work, I'll stay on the radio. A lesser medium by his own admission. Sam. This voice is so odd to hear now. This, oh, yes. Listen, man, I don't care. Like, it's such a, you know, man, I don't care. This is so not what he sounds like anymore. It sounds, you know, now it sounds like his teeth are, you know, running away from him. And <laughs> just this compression, it's insane. Also, if you're you're on a set with hot lights and cameras and you're getting ready in makeup... Why would you wear full, both of them, leather outfits? Robin's in a full leather skirt and blazer set. And Howard is in a full leather pants and cropped leather jacket. Do you know how hot 
that must be i've worn pieces of leather in my life whether it be a skirt or a jacket i pick one or the other i mean yeah. it's insanely hot oh god well i mean it's it's animal skin for fuck's sake and so you're actually on those and then on a set you know how fucking hot those lights get no different oh, in a concert because the intense the intensity and the strength of the fucking light that's necessary to light the fucking place. You feel like you're one of those chicken cutlets in a goddamn convenience store <laughs> just waiting to be sold. And it's it's very uncomfortable. So the look was ill-advised on both their parts. We won't fall. I mean, I'm not going to be like some kind of nervous wreck over this thing. <laughs> And I'm not going to drive my. I'm not going to be kind of nervous. <laughs> He's and clearly I'm nervous gonna, as shit. I'm just going to wear a fucking. See this watch? Remember Kmart they used to sell these? Job I can if they don't like it, the hell with them. Well, this is funny because everybody else has been running around like a maniac. You know, we have all these behind the scenes people now. Yeah. You know, we have people, more people than we ever could imagine. Yeah, we actually have people now yeah. all that. I thought it'd be kind of cool. One of the best things I've ever done is to just have people come up to the microphones and kiss my butt for like a good seven minutes. Sure. And that sort of tips people off that, uh, well, we're sort of happening and that we really know what we're doing up here and we deserve a television program. Go ahead, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so painfully insecure. <laughs> so, you know, the thing that we should be doing is yeah, uh, people yeah. should be kissing my ass. So basically what he's saying is the only <laughs> because he puts the fear of God in his radio staff and makes yeah. them kiss his ass is the yeah. only reason why he knows he's happening. That's not happening at Fox, apparently. So he's no. incredibly insecure and dying and on also... spot. And keep in mind, go, keep in mind, guys, at this time, he's not on TV. This is the attempt to get him on TV for the first time. He, he's, oh. still, <laughs> he's still years away from the E! show, the interview show, the Channel 9 show, the interview show that followed, and then the E! show, of course, which glasses, 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 <laughs> sunglasses to cover those darting eyes. And they're all over the place here. No. Oh. This kind of, this program, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I just know about, like, two of the guests. <laughs> I think, I think, like, Joe Piscopo is coming tonight. That's, all, that's right. sort of leaked out. Joe's <laughs> here. Hey, and in my book, Eddie Murphy can't be far behind, you know? <laughs> well, there I, have to be some surprises. But there's some surprises. This yeah. is sort of like, um, Howard, this is your life. After all, I mean, what were the odds of me getting a television show? <laughs> With this nose and, uh, you know, God. this New York accent and everything else, what were the odds of me getting a television program? So anybody want to talk to us? We're going to I don't know if that's a New York accent. Like, I think of a New York accent, and it doesn't uh, resemble that. I don't, I don't know what that says. <laughs> you think Brooklyn. You think, um, you know, you think, you know, Queens. I don't know. But yeah, either way, I think like this is some listen, mishmash. I didn't know I was going to get a TV show. I'm really excited <laughs> about it. And that's it. It's going to be good. So you guys, I don't know if Joe Piscopo is coming out or anything like that, but I think it's going to be fun. All right. <laughs> they gave the nanny a show. I <laughs> 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 love Fran Drescher. She was in the Hollywood Nights. Well, I sure love that show. <laughs> yeah. A couple of guests. Do you know anybody else who's going to be here? Someone told me Jerry Hall, but then I heard she bombed out. Is Jerry Hall coming? She's still on the list. Right. What kind of show do you go on and go, I don't know what's going on. I don't think what's going to happen. To, you know, Do we have this person coming in? Does anyone want to talk to us? 
There's absolutely no coordination going on. What the fuck they, is this? It's not a radio show. Like, you know, on a radio show, when you have five hours from 6 a.m. to 11 every right. day and you say, I think this person might call in or I think this person might show up. Fine. This is a goddamn television show. This is what they had in the can. If I was an executive, <laughs> fired him. I would have ran up the stairs and been like, goodbye. See ya. Thanks for putting well, in no effort. Well, it's funny. They gave him a budget for the shows, okay? So there were, fi- there were five shows. This is one of five. Well, then don't present this one as the first show. Just go into don't your try. act as if. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> Act like, you, know, you know, these like act like this episode never happened kind of thing. Oh, he was getting he spent more time getting ready on his outfit and himself than he did figuring out what was happening on the show. That's exactly what it, was. it really is like a guy. Uh, he, he has to submit an essay. He doesn't have any paper. He pulls something off the floor that's got a footprint on it. And he starts writing some shit down that he copied from an encyclopedia. And go, here you go, teacher. Uh, I, I was really, you know, uh, sorry about the presentation. He's not apologetic. He's just more like body. <laughs> it's like he's given up already. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm the only one who knows who's coming. As far as I know, Jerry Hall is on the list. So Jerry Hall and Joe Piscopo will be here. Yeah, those are our guests. We know. Yeah. Yeah. You know about it. We have other surprises. Is Joe's, is Joe's beautiful girlfriend going to be here? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because Joe's very smart. He dumped his wife <laughs> and his child. Mm-hmm. And no, I don't know. Uh, you can't say he dumped his child. He visits on weekends or something. Oh, yeah. The weekend... <laughs> The sounds shit. Like they're mic'd up. Whatever boom is like, it's not picking them both up e- equally. She's clapping when she's like, she's applauding as if she's part of the audience because they need that. Because also in the radio show, they would be clapping like maniacs anytime something was supposed to be oh. funny. <laughs> they haven't got over that. You have like again, a guitar and half a leg. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie was too. At this point, was maybe still going through drug addiction. I have no idea, but desperate for the fucking gig. I love oh, that so he then- took. Yeah. <laughs> so then Artie was like, just, you know, sh- a shoe in um, yeah. Robin too, like this makeup. Why wouldn't you put eyelashes on this woman? I don't, I mean, make why her you... stand out. She's on television. Why wouldn't you put a paper bag over Howard's head? Bob, he's beautiful. <laughs> he's very happy. I'm sure. I'm sure he's yeah. very involved. Yeah. I'm sure he's involved once a weekend. <laughs> I guess he really knows that Joe Jr. Doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, the child saves up all the problems for the weekend and yeah, exactly. takes care. You know, you know what he looks like? He looks like, you know, when you see, you think you see an insect somewhere in your house and you're now trying to find it and you're going like, yeah. I saw it. <laughs> Where's that cockroach? Yeah. <laughs> or like, uh, he, look at, he's like a, look at the side of his face with that hair and the shadowing. It's a fungus growing. <laughs> On the side it, of his face, like a slowly it, the veins are like. It, in this in this in this screenshot, it looks like someone took magic marker on the side of his face and drew extra hair. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. It is. It is. You get the second. You get was it secondhand embarrassment? Hey, should we tell everyone else that? Of course. So Leslie West is our band leader. Yeah. <laughs> and Leslie <laughs> looking like. Oh, oh, oh my god Leslie looks like he just got out of a fucking Texas Hold'em casino after fucking two days of losing oh Jesus he looks like he smells like Marb Reds and 
fucking failure. He's wrapped up in the funny papers. I mean, I think it's pretty nice. You get much Leslie. budget to work with. <laughs> this is cinder blocks. Leslie looks like he smells like casino well vodka. <laughs> <laughs> you think he was maybe sleeping in the uh, Vegas urinal trough and woke just got oh. woken up? <laughs> oh. Whoa. <laughs> we, just, we just budged him on the fountain out by the MGM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that, you know, I think we're in a primo position here, Robin, to, to sort look of become like real heroes. Yeah, to sort of be the heroes of this yeah. network. Because I think, personally, I think these shows that the Fox network is doing are pretty good, but nobody's watching them. And they're spending tons of money on those shows. Yeah, Tracy Ullman has a half a million dollar budget just for her dress. By the way, this is the, this is the key thing. Tracy Ullman gets a show. She keeps it on the air for about three years. The ratings are not amazing, but she's getting like Emmy awards. Like it's getting, it's being, it's being, it's held as groundbreaking television and really well done. It's still, according to people that have seen, I think because the music clearance rights like SCTV, you'll never see it on DVD or whatever, or even streaming. Uh, But people that have seen episodes and know it back in the day, they say it was groundbreaking. I didn't mind it. My sister loved that show. I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, But I I will have to say, though, he's he's saying... I mean, can you can you even believe that this is this is what he thought was going to get him on TV? <laughs> and he's bringing up other Fox pilot, like other shows. Talking like, oh, sh- I, I really don't. That's yeah. what you're you're going to run with. You're going to run with talking shit about shows that are actually doing something right now. Right. And your guest is Joe Piscopo, who in 1987 is about as C and D list as you can fucking get. He's like, I don't know, three, four years, three, three years off of SNL and not doing really much of anything. And then Jerry Hall, who was Jer Jagger's, Jagger's ex? ex or maybe yeah. wife at the time. Who cares? Also, like, too, how who is this person? When you hear this voice, mm-hmm. if you put this voice in comparison to what he sounds like with the compression on the radio, yep. it's absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And I believe he's even pitched down to be slower, as if to to not seem so manic. Um, he sounds so tight and Kermity, and I know that's his voice. That is his voice, absolutely. So I'm people asking, well, then how does he do it on talk shows? Well, what do you think? They modulate his mic before he goes on so that he sounds a certain way. And they're tightly... The, the pattern that mics pick up in those shows is very, very tight. So Ellen's mic picks up her, not his and hers. They pick up only her uh, or Bill Maher's show. They pick up the individuals so they can mix them separately anyway in case there are any problems. That's the whole point. They want as much control over the voices as they can. So Yeah, just like people who you know don't want to be seen. They put like graphics in front of their face. Yeah. <laughs> or a big microphone, yeah. And none of them are getting more than a two share. And I got to figure that we come on with this like junky Channel 5 show. And all of a sudden, we're like the heroes, and That's maybe right. they're billing like $16 million a year. I mean, for God's sake, Oprah Winfrey is making $32 million a year for that garbage she puts $32 out. $32 million a year. It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> so much funny in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> He's never let go. <laughs> never. Never. Loser. Yeah. I'm going to start eating. I'm going to gain weight. What is it? Yeah, I mean, you know. There's I'm money. Gonna... 
don't we know? <laughs> Robin's gonna start eating. She looks like a fucking Barca lounger. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. She looks like she found her wig in a fucking Halloween discount bin. <laughs> In November. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, right, just now when, I, when, you, when you said Barca Lounger, all my thought was immediately to Artie talking, talking with shit with Crazy Alice saying, get on the fat wagon and make your way down the show. <laughs> Grease up the door handle. Grease up the door. Crowbar yourself out of that. That's gonna be the ending. That's gonna be the ending for this. Crazy, crazy Alice versus Artie. Yes. <laughs> Fuck you, Fat Alice. I'm gonna put a little bubble wing on you and get a big butt, uh, like a little styrofoam. That's right, I can just pad myself. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Yeah. We also have some wacky segments and things planned. I don't know what else is gonna be planned, but it should be pretty nice. Also, Steve Rossi is here, who's our band singer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alice and Rossi, go ahead. We have. We have the band leader, Leslie, <laughs> who just looks like he got, he slept in a toll booth in New York City. And Listen, I, I love mountains. Crawled out of a subway fucking <laughs> drunk. And then we have this guy who seriously is dressed like he's ready for Dean, Frank, and Sammy. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? He reminds me. He's wearing this all-white uh, suit. It reminds me of the one SCTV news episode where Earl's attire keeps getting blended into the background or it, it blows out the camera because it's too bright. <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. It is. It's like a fucking crest whitening commercial. And he's sitting... <laughs> It's insane. He's sitting there. He is going to be performing my way. (laughs) And you know who's leading the band? Yeah. (gasps) Fucking. Leslie was. Well, here's the thing. I know. I love Mount. What's the theme? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight up here. Felix Papalardi, the basis for Mountain, was killed by his wife or ex, soon to be I think ex-wife, wife I can't remember in 1983 or so, and he's up in heaven going, God, thank God I'm dead and I don't have to be on this because <laughs> Leslie needs the gig. Clearly, at that point, you know he'll take whatever gig you can get. Steve's been working on some rock tunes, yeah. some very rocking, some very happening tunes. Give us, Leslie, can you play something that he can sing like uh, a few bars of? Few bars. We don't right. know one song. Wow. Oh, my God. Give me, uh, give me something. Uh, song. Go ahead. song? Mississippi, Mississippi Queen. Queen. Uh, so just <laughs> past Robin and, and Stern, oh, right here is like the desk the, setup. It looks like the it looks like the set of Mama's Family, and it got <laughs> bombed. It really does. It looks like the fucking set of Mama's Family, and it's the Oklahoma City bombing and the set of Mama's Family, and this think, is the fucking fallout. Oh my like, god! It looks like they took the furniture from Barney Miller. They took the fucking set from, I don't know, know, Kojak and decided, and they're like going to do this half-ass SNL kind of pastiche. Oh, they have a fucking small chair humping a bigger one. (laughs) The big chair is the small chair's bodyguard. We're We'll sing it together. 
Oh God, I can't. Pop it up, baby. I, Pop it up. No more. What? What? <laughs> I, I'm dying. <laughs> we want to do this. This is so bad. Come this. on. Okay, hold on, hold on. Now, 1987. You, are we going to give them a pass? Hold on, hold on. Are we going to give them any kind of pass for a first attempt? <laughs> I mean, are we? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> oh, well, I'll give Robin a pass for the outfit. Other than that, I don't know who, if Ralph was doing wardrobe, he... <laughs> <laughs> he dressed. He dressed somebody like they're playing. You know. No, I the think Tropicana in '53, <laughs> and then he dressed somebody else like Steve Rossi. Know, they yes, just left Atlantic City. I don't know what's happening. Well, Steve Rossi. Yeah, you're right. He looks like he's he's playing the Palladium with Tito Puente, and um, in the back, whatever the music sounds, it's poorly mixed. That's the other thing. Paul Schaefer's band. Or the uh, the roots, they always sound tight. They always sound like they know what they're doing, and it's equally mixed. This sounds uh, like you... the sounds coming out of a fucking like Sony Walkman. I mean, maybe like if he sat down and started playing the bongo and going babaloo, and then like Howard started <laughs> on, being on like, this... "I want to be in the show." I would laugh. <laughs> on top of this, the sh- again, <laughs> the host is in front of the band, so when he's got to look at them, he's got to turn his back to the audience completely. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so he's looking back to see who else is on the bus. <laughs> Robin might expose Beave. What's that? Robin might expose her beave. <laughs> <laughs> Together, baby. Mississippi <laughs> Queen. Mississippi Queen. I'm your man, baby, now. Play it for me now. I'm your Mississippi Queen. What? I've heard, honestly, I've heard better karaoke from, from people who weren't even, <laughs> they were passed out and they had the mic on them at the time. I've had beer tents and shitty carnivals in the United States that have sounded way better than this. Yeah, this is, this is beyond excruciating. This is carnival level shitty. Come up to the microphone. Do we have to take a break? No, it's time to talk to the audience, right? Yes, yeah, time to talk to the audience. Oh my god! Oh, hey. And David Brenner comes out look, looking like he just went to the I don't know the fashionable three door mall in Edmonton, and um, and it's the '80s, so. I know, but still, the other thing is, I, I have to say to people, this is rest in peace to David Brenner, because he was one of my favorite comedians. He, people don't know how much of a fucking mensch he was to other comics. And That's nice to hear. How much he did for people. Richard Lewis, when he was starting, um, he, and some people may hate David Brenner for helping him, but um, when he was starting, he had to work a bunch of part-time jobs because he, could and he was doing stand up part time and Brenner saw him and said, "Dude, what are you doing? You need to get up on a mic." He said, "I need money. I need. I got to pay my rent. The stand up's not." 
And he said, he wrote him a check for like a thousand bucks, which was enough for a few months rent. He said, here, you're a full-time comedian. Never asked for it back. I feel like that's the best way to be generous though. Like if people are really in need, I don't know. I, I kind of find myself to be like that too. Yeah, you do it when you can and not over, you don't overestimate what you're, what you can. But anyway, he was, he was such a mensch to up and coming comics, just like Rodney was. That's why, that's another reason why I'll always love Brenner. And he also slayed every time he was on the fucking Tonight Show. Don't you just think like generosity though, like with generosity in general, I love people who give when they have it and they never ever talk about it or say it to the other person or make them feel bad about it. You don't hold it over your fucking head. Brenner also was a huge champion of Stern in the early days, and he was always on the show. So, I mean, if there's anybody that people should be fucking uh, kissing, whose ass Stern should be kissing, it's Brenner. Because he, he doesn't he, remember any of these people, which is the worst. Yeah. This is our first, first special guest, David Brenner. How are you doing, Rob? What are you doing here? <laughs> this is not. Tell you what, you're yeah, the last guy. I want to tell you the truth. Hey, why don't you come night, on here and jinx wait, me, man? Wait, night, yeah. I came here for a job. I want to be a co-host. Yeah. Tomorrow night, wait a minute. We're doing our last. We're doing our last show of the season, and I want you to do my last show tomorrow night. Will you do it? Yeah. Now, if anybody doesn't remember, Brenner had a show called, I think, Nightlife. I can't remember. He had one year of his own talk show against Carson that failed miserably. I can't remember. It might have been one of his entertainment. And he was still allowed to go back on Carson. Carson gave him the... So this is the difference between Joan Rivers and other people that went up against him. He... It wasn't that he wasn't a threat or whatever like that. It was more like Johnny was secure in himself. He didn't mind. And as long as the people were up front with him, he had no problem. Look at... They're just talking over each other and it seriously looks like a bag, a doggy bag that you get from a restaurant. (laughs) Here's my extra. Like a fancy shop. restaurant. If your beautiful girlfriend wears a bikini that I've been uh, saving for. Wear a bikini. Yeah. Now, Victoria and I got together and we, we know he's sacrilegious. Nothing's sacred to you. What went wrong on your show, man? Nothing. You You'll find man, out. You You're going to find out. You're going to find out. No, we put a lot you of want to be Johnny on your show. Oh, my fucking Oh, my Lord. God. Shut the fuck. I. Honestly, I might kill myself before this is over. <laughs> you won't. It gets it gets starts to get to even more of a lull. But do you notice this is the funny thing? We talked about the, earlier the Channel Nine roast and this. Five years between the the, the recording of both of these, maybe more than five years. Because was... what do you mean? You didn't even do this. What are you talking about, Fillmore? I don't even know. What do you mean? And he still hasn't learned. He talks about this being a learning experience, and he hasn't learned anything in five years since then. Oh, it reminds me of someone else. No, I don't you want to talk about my show. Johnny Carson. Oh, you no. It. He came here to That's welcome right. you to the Wait, new listen, age listen. of television. This is for Howard. Nothing sacred. This is a statue of pig liberty. <laughs> for you. Thank you, David. The other thing is, when the FCC sees this show, yes. it's going to be next Competition with some of Fox Broadcasting. I know how many people see it. It goes out to Newark and Trenton. 
There is so Fillmore. There is so much going on here. So much visually going on here. So much Mm -hmm. to look at. It's so busy. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're just we're literally just a magician's act right now. Just pulling things out of a hat, patterns and colors and. It's, shapes yeah, and it's sizes. Completely un, it's it's completely unfocused and kaleidoscopic, I suppose. It was um, really the epitome of, we don't know what's going to work, so let's just throw everything at the fucking thing and hope it at, at the kitchen. Let's throw the kitchen sink out and hope something sticks, which is not the way you do any show. You have to have some kind of structured beginning, middle, end, and you know what's going on. You don't ask, are we getting guests? Who's coming in? Even magician shows are not as erratic and no. v- visually impaired. I mean, I feel <laughs> like I'm being stabbed in the eyes. This is this is this is like you know where he said uh, watching Lena Dunham nude was like a rape. That's what this feels like. <laughs> this oh, feels that like... motherfucker! Just so Cardi B came out with this song like two weeks ago. Wap wet Wap. ass pussy. Yeah. yeah, I haven't heard it yet, but I know of it. Oh, well, you're missing out, you know. And uh, Lena Dunham danced to Wet Ass Pussy. And she said, thank you for giving all females the freedom to feel desirable. And she posted a video of her in a bathing suit dancing to this like the whitest girl you've ever seen in your life. It is beyond embarrassing. And I'm (laughs) so glad I still don't like her. So... (laughs) Well, he was right about that initially. Then he had to do the fucking, and that's another plug for one of our least favorite episodes, but still worth it. Reshinding volume two featuring Lena Dunham. Check it out, guys. Well, David, is are, you going, are you going to come on tomorrow night? Seriously. Yeah, I'm going to are, come on your show tomorrow night. You'll do the last show of the season. Yeah. I'll have Victoria in a bikini. I mean it. Uh-huh. Really? You come on. Yeah. Bring Robin. Yeah. That'd be good. No, will you do it? Yeah, I'll do some show hopping. Right? Now that I'm All on right. television, I show now, hop, dude. <laughs> I show hop, man. And I love it. I love to show hop. Let me, let me tell you, I want to just say one thing. I love to show up. Uh, <laughs> look at that shake. It's I, I don't even care what decade you're in. I guess, you know, now we're more, more people are cultured on what to do in front of mm-hmm. a camera because we have cameras on our phone. We have the internet. We had digital cameras. So we've come yeah. a long way. But for somebody to sit there and say, I'm sweating to death in my wig and I'm going to show hop. He's <laughs> such. <laughs> he's such a dweeb. Oh my God! Yes, that's the perfect word. Is <laughs> what? How did Bender say it? He's a neo maxi zoom dweeby, uh, and I, I think I think that's again. I want to whack him in the forehead. Uh, yeah, he he just you'd think all these fucking years because okay, keep in mind, guys. Okay, it is eighty seven, but he has done Letterman at that point many times. He has done Bill Boggs show. He's done other like local whatever shows, NBC. You know, he's done a few things. He's done interviews. So, and I, d- I understand even as comedians or whatever, you can still feel nervous every time you go up there, but you figure he should have some kind of confidence in front of the camera, but he has a zero. I could see, say you feel uncomfortable with the public speaking and the television, how you're going to look fine. Sure. But the fact that it's not so much, it's your act you're uncomfortable with because you don't know who you are as a performer. Yeah, I think That's so. what comes across the most uncomfortable to me. 
Right. But there's also the fact that he, he, there's been no prep. Like clearly they didn't practice this. It was a one and done. Why? He needed two hours to get ready. <laughs> exactly. And this was the result. <laughs> Anything nice about this man? Well, let me tell you something. About five years ago, I submitted to one of the TV. I had to stop that, guys. No, this is—he went two hours supposedly getting ready, and this is when he said, "Okay, I'm I'm happy with this look." <laughs> That's the look he settled on. <laughs> I don't even care what year it is. I don't understand. <laughs> Called how weird, featuring this man because I I think he's dynamite and he belongs on television. That's why. I Aw, that's so nice. He'll never talk to you again. Exactly. And imagine the ball, like the, the, the fucking generosity of Brenner, who he knows his show is getting canceled. Like he's finishing off his show and he still has the fucking chutzpah. He has, you know, the chutzpah. He has got the balls to go on another show and say, look, look, I hope this works out for you. He could be down in the dumps. He could be saying, like, fuck him. Fuck this. I don't want him to succeed. And jealous, but he's not like that. Brenner was never like that. When it when our comics, it's gonna come. We know it's gonna come. I fucking this hope so. Up, oh, it's coming. This uprising, this contract doesn't get renewed. Oh, I can't wait. It'll be a tidal wave. <laughs> Do you think the comics will come out of the grave like the thriller video? try hard on my show, man. I'm not going to sit and rest on my laurels like that's right, that's right. Nobody's going to say I'm a Nobody. <laughs> so he's trashing Letterman? His buddy? Um, yeah. And by the way, I'm going to try hard. I'm not going to rest on my laurels. So he's just, you know, reinventing the narrative, which is like a lot what news does now. Maybe they're copying from him. Yeah, We're just going to deny everything that's happening. We're not prepared. All we yep. did is prepare our looks. Yep. Everybody in this business. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Yeah! I don't know whether you're going to believe this or not, but I really always felt that Howard was great, and whatever he was going to do, he was going to be great at. <laughs> oh. I wanted him to play with dolls, and that wasn't very fast. So, okay, so this keeps coming up. In 2020, he's still saying the same bullshit. About he's basically keeping his parents alive, yeah. like prisoners of war, right. and just like, you know, injecting them with adrenaline and water and some sort of sustenance anytime <laughs> you can. He's Just to get maybe alive. a phone call because he's like, fuck, I can't. I, I, I need to draw from this creatively bankrupt well once again. Yeah. He's He just reminded me of a guy. It was a Fifth Estate um, episode where the guy, it was a really horrific story of a guy that was providing really shoddy senior citizens housing and after they died he didn't announce that they were he didn't declare them dead so and there were no kids like it was kids people that were on their own old people and then he would just collect their checks for years afterwards 
Oh, I that's know what, all about that. You know what I do for a living. <laughs> that's well, that's exactly. Yeah, but that's exactly that, what that's that's Biggie's not doing. uncommon. Actually, that's very common fraud. <laughs> certain certain countries, it's pro forma. Fashionable for a boy to play with dolls. And I wanted him to have that sensitivity. <laughs> He's looking at that football helmet like he looks at vagina. <laughs> what oh is God. this? <laughs> Get it away from me. This is the aforementioned desk that Jackie's under handing him notes, guys. And Jackie tells about it and talks about it later. We got sunglasses on, sunglasses off. He's not sure. But don't worry, guys. He'll get married to his second beard in this one with those shades. Absolutely. And he sported wow. the same teeth. He has ray. He had ray teeth up until his wedding, at least, didn't he? He didn't get the new teeth until about 2010. Yep, that's right. Because he had the ray teeth for his wedding, which are horrible. You know, they look like you know kids who've eaten. You actually, you know what they look like? Remember that show in the 90s, uh, Dinosaurs, and it was like, who's <laughs> Who's the baby? And it was like dinosaurs, and then the little, little baby had the jagged teeth. Uh huh. You don't know what that show is. I, I it's, it, after my time, I suppose. I'm oh, I'm the I'm the old I'm the old fuck of this dynamic duo. It was it was a popular show, dinosaurs. Anyway, so that's what the teeth look like. But look at Ray and Ben; they look normal, like they look. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Ray's teeth look like they took a Mars bar and smushed it up against her teeth and said, don't wash it. Don't brush. Oh, God. <laughs> she does. Vile. She looks like she's a part of the monarch, possibly, just based on teeth alone. <laughs> and, of course, she's got Ben's hairline. You look gorgeous. No, it's amazing. You guys thought I was really going to be a bum. You must be sitting there, like, going, holy cow, this guy really made something up. He really made some of himself. He's on a test show trying to get on a show, trying to get on a network. Oh, my God. What is Now, what is this chair? It looks like J.G. Wentworth. Like, <laughs> it's like He's like Blake Carrington in Dynasty. Oh, my God. <laughs> at, a fucking, at a boardroom meeting where it looks like John Abbott in fucking Jabot. <laughs> Why do I know Young and Restless guys? Because I did watch them as a kid. So. Of himself. Turn her mic on. Turn her mic on. <laughs> All right, Ma. I'm really proud of you. Be aware that I can shut you up at any moment. <laughs> you wouldn't do that, right? You know what I mean? So what's like next on the agenda? Are we gonna talk Shall to my mom. Shall we introduce? Uh, oh, why don't we have my mom yet? and dad tell me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why don't we put them in the chair instead? Yes. Do we have a guest? Yes, we do. I'm Howard. amazed. Because usually everybody stiffs us and never comes on the show. I'm even well, shocked we have a guest. Oh, that's <laughs> impressive, people. <laughs> that's the, you can just see the Fox execs going like playing with their cigarettes, kind of looking at. Like I think Paul Colford said after the third episode, he goes, "Those executives who are still awake when watching this." <laughs> uh, let's put this into perspective. A show like all that, which was a kids' show and Nickelodeon. That yeah. was kind of supposed to be like Saturday Night Live. They yeah. did a better job than this. <laughs> yeah, the the whole self aware thing, the whole um, like ironic, 
you know, yes. real time slimy yeah, like and stuff care, like that. And we have we do these little bits about, you know, we have our own little sketch show and it was just mm-hmm. funny and kids enjoyed it. That but, was but it more was, popular than but it this. was meant to be it was meant to look low budget. That's the whole point. But for right. if you're trying to get a network show, what's the benefit of making this look low budget? On one hand, he'll tell you, well, we were told it was just a test pilot. Well, then you'd want to make it look as good as possible. So why not go minimalist and not waste time with all this other horse shit and make it very, very, I don't know, I guess, I guess formulaic, really. Oh, my God. Hold on. It's Darren Stevens. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Larry's calling on the phone. Yeah. Decided to show up. He's a big star. Former member of oh. the Saturday Night Live troupe. Oh. Left his wife and children. <laughs> we heard you say this already, Howard. Wait, like, time out. Can you yeah. back it up? Can we go back? To, to what? Because I, I, I mixed up the reference. Am I oh. right? David White, which was Larry Tate. I was right. Holy shit. So we go don't have me. to edit anything? No. Right. Okay. We're just playing through. So what's this. like next on the agenda? We're going to talk Shall to my mom. Shall we introduce uh, another guest? A first guest. Do we have a guest? Yes, we do. I'm Howard. amazed because usually everybody stiffs us and never comes on the show. <laughs> I'm even well, shocked we have a guest. This guest. Yeah. Decided to show up. He's a big star. A oh, former member of oh. the Saturday Night Live troupe. Left his wife and children so he could take off with a 22-year-old blonde. Yeah, that's true, too. And he's still searching for Eddie Murphy's home phone number. Even no, no, no. Best friend. Soon to be directed in a film by Eddie Murphy. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Joe Piscopo! Now I was gonna actually stop, let the turn the sound down, and let it play for a little bit. But then we're gonna get through some. We're gonna miss some gems from Wiggy and and uh, the couch. But um, you were gonna say, Sam left his family for a twenty-two-year-old blonde. Hey, <laughs> that doesn't sound familiar. Now people got hi, and people have to remember Piscopo is kind of a joke in the industry because he didn't he doesn't really have a career he stopped having her he's about seventy now I think and he never really had a career except for making like doing an impression of a Sinatra which he does again and to be fair he doesn't sound too bad but Piscopo his kind of career highlight was SNL with Eddie Murphy during the low period can't remember if it was Dick Abersall or Gene Dominion I think it was Dick Abersall producing um, that SNL that time. And he was one of the few kind of high spots, but then he did nothing. So to go on Howard's show is about as low <laughs> as you can go. And, uh, and so Hoping to have him on. Anthony, um, do this. He had a variety show, I guess. Yes. Like, yeah. 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 And they took clips from that and mocked it. Might yeah. be some of the funniest radio ever. <laughs> the, the Gilbert Gottfried podcast, which I love, he had Dave Thomas on. Dave Thomas talked about the last time he saw him, he was at a, I don't know, Earth Day thing. And uh, Piscopo supposedly went up on stage because he was the host and he did a, he did an impression of Sinatra as usual. And uh, he, <laughs> Piscopo goes, you know, wherever I go, people always say, Joe, do your Frank. Because <laughs> he's crowbarring a Frank impression. And <laughs> Gilbert gets up and he goes, am I a friend of Earth? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the way I look at it is like this. Earth, wherever it goes, people always say to Earth, Earth, 
do your Frank. (laughs) 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 Destroyed Piscopo in front of everybody. (laughs) Dave Thomas never forgot that. He was also big on the muscle muscle man thing at this time, so it is kind of weird. And uh, you'll, that features in this. Oh, look at oh, the look gay. At oh, yeah. Oh, every... oh sorry, my diet's been terrible. Yeah, go ahead, Sam. Where's the me too for Howard for the gay thing? He's been raping and molesting talk Host, show hosts that guests. are men for decades. This the, the listen. That is a good question, and this is a separate podcast, obviously. But why do you think he does get a pass for not being for being inappropriate? Because it's it's all a joke. It's all a gag. It's acceptable because they're guys. Well, it's double any standard. Guy, you know, I take it seriously. So let's get a hotline going. If any guy has <laughs> felt objected by Howard Stern, please write to us. We. <laughs> I'll be happy to. Like Terry Crews was one of the few guys in the Me Too media blitz that said, look, an executive took liberties with me, grabbed my package or whatever it was he said. liberties? This motherfucker basically is tonguing you. (laughs) Well, either way, Joe Piscopo knows, because he's been on the show. He was a regular on the the radio show, so that's why another reason why he's a guest. Later on in other episodes, they'll have like Jackie Mason. They'll have uh, Frank Zappa. Not exactly fucking, not just, I I love Zappa and I love Jackie Mason at some point, but um, they're not. They're not the kind of guests anybody fucking cares. That's why they're not getting on anything but maybe Letterman. Zappa would get on Letterman and certain things, but Piscopo's not getting on fucking Carson. No. You know, it's nice to see you. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I'd get the jump. I sat down. My guns are ready. I want to ask you one question. It's nice to see things going. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'll do it. (laughs) Ready, set, go. It's nice to see things going so smoothly here today. Where's Where's Eddie? Is what I really want Did, to know. They called me. They said, you want me to you know, call him up or something? He doesn't know who you are. No, he knows who I am. No, he doesn't know oh, who that's he does not know true. you are. You and uh, Tom Petty, you know, Tom Petty took a shot in one of the songs. I, I told anybody, and he said, who's Tom Petty? You know? Look at Joe. Joe. Okay, hold on. Yeah, go ahead, Sam. Okay, what is the thing in front of him that looks like, you know, 1950s Mad Men advertising booth? Like, hello, can I connect your call to? <laughs> who can I connect your call to? Like, what <laughs> is this? I'm not sure. What is this? thing in front of him it, it looks really like does the- look like a 1950s operating board and then this is how you know howard's hair is fake joe piscopo has a perm on clearly yeah yep. and that's what natural permed hair looks like for a man what? that's you why can, you know howard's hair is fake because you, you could still see the hairline kind of going correct and he's yes. permed what he does have correct okay fair enough I was going to act like he's upset about Tom Petty. He's so thrilled. <laughs> and meanwhile, this poodle do is is placed on top of him like a fucking crane going. Mm. <laughs> it's like the mothership landing in. <laughs> it, <laughs> it really is like a slurpee when you just like have the machine going and you're just like, fuck. <laughs> it's going would, over the top. It goes over the top. <laughs> With the frozen cola. The frozen cola. 7-Eleven. <laughs> Big gulp. Ah. 
mention him in a song. He doesn't care if it's a negative reference or not. You're, right. You're right. right. Mention him in a rock and roll song. Now, I f here's my theory, how you finally got Eddie to put you in a movie with him. After you testified at the King Broder thing, <laughs> Eddie said, you do well, and I'll put you in a, uh, in some kind of, some kind of show, right? No. No, really? Are you really going to work with him? Well, yeah, we had a project together for, uh, you're obsessed with this man, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really am. He wants to be in a movie, too. Yeah, I figure if I go on TV enough... Oh, you're on a TV <laughs> show that you're flunking at. What the fuck is going on? So you're saying he, he's on a TV show now that he's... He's on a TV show that he is not successful at, that he's trying to get, and he is now trying to get a movie with Joe Piscopo and Eddie Murphy. Are right. Well, it's the desperation, it strikes deep. And, um, and, and the people to give people a little more of a history, if you read um, um, Live from New York, the Tom Shales book on SNL, which is brilliant, if you haven't, by the way, it's one of the best books about the business uh, that you can read. And it talks about the Piscopo-Eddie Murphy relationship. And basically, Eddie was so insanely more talented than Piscopo or any of the cast, and he really was the shining light of that fucking year and became such a huge star early on trading places. I think he did um, Arthur with Dudley Moore, um, early Eddie Murphy, and then kind of blew up into the stratosphere, didn't need to do anything, still did stand up and stuff. But Piscopo sort of kind of mentored and acted like a you know an older brother. But then when Eddie became so much bigger... Piscopo was sort of expecting him to remember his buddy Joe and put him in stuff, and it didn't really happen. Like, it just, you know. Well, you can't help when your talent only amounts to so much. Yeah. You know, you can scratch yeah. and you can wash somebody, you know, one hand washes the other thing, but if you're not that talented, I mean, this yeah. is what happens, which is, That's right. okay, it's yeah. fine. Well, or you're limited. You're one-dimensional. Eddie, whatever you think of his stand-up, was is actually brilliant. Like he, I, I'm not even the biggest Eddie Murphy fan, but he's talented. He's beyond talented. I agree with you. I, yeah. I do think though. Like, look at this. Okay, so for example, even let's say something as I don't know unimportant as a podcast, mm -hmm. we have. <laughs> We we prepare some sort of semblance of what we're going to be doing. Yeah, the framework. rhetoric that comes out of it, you know, that's natural. But we at least have an idea with what we're doing. If we had a guest on, we would prepare even further and yes. have questions prepared for them mm -hmm. for said episodes. This is insane that he just yeah. has people on, and the only thing he he seems to have prepared is his look. Everything right. else is just up for up. He has this guy on and he's grilling him about Eddie Murphy. And he's like, really? This is what we're doing? I mean, yeah. so clearly he has nothing else prepared. No, it's it's kind of like when Norm Macdonald would go on every time and he'd ask him about his gambling problem. And his and he then, uh, you know, the gambling, which he's already answered a thousand times. It's it's like the brain of a 79 IQ going, OK, uh, Spade, he, uh, Farley, Spade, Farley, like word association, Norm, gambling. Artie, heroin. That's it. He he just did this with um, George Takei. Oh, okay. this this episode or uh, this last like, uh, week. Latest, he had yeah. George and Brad on, and he said, 
oh, whose dick is bigger, Brad's dick? Let me see the dick pic. And let me see the picture of Brad and his big dick. And how do you guys get it on? Show me the wrestling pictures. Uh, Tell me about how you wrestle. Wasn't this done like 10, wasn't this done 15 years ago? Over 15 years. Yeah. Why do we care about an 80 something year old man's sex life with his husband? You don't have anything new to ask him? Yeah. And that's and that's just based on well, he's just again, he's he's an idiot. He really just is a, a 79, and that's why this is as unfocused and unplanned and un you know unprepared as possible. And Joe is just doing a favor. Like I'm sure with Joe, it's like, oh, I'm in New York, I'll fucking I'll I'll do this. I'm while I'm in town, I'll go ahead and give you throw you a bone. I'll but, come on the I'll come on the set of Mama's family. <laughs> just bombed by Timothy McVeigh. No problem. <laughs> Show. I really do believe that. I think that every time I can't get a word in edgewise. This is what you asked me about. When are you going to take well, off your shirt? Well, it's nice. It's nice. No, no. Joe, no, when no, are you going to no, take no, off no, your no, shirt? No, Come on. It's nice to get it. Even in '87, he had to fucking go gay. <laughs> Let me tell you. You know that every comedian, every comedian, no, no, every comedian in the business is ashamed to take off his shirt now. No, no. Joe has the best body in comedy. No, no, you no. do. You got the best body in comedy, That's Joe. It. Well, I love that. Enough. I could. Hey. You know, oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> you know, look, look at the fucking. Oh my sm- god! Look at that! Look at that freeze frame. <laughs> it really looks like Nickelodeon Gak was stuck <laughs> on his nose. <laughs> what was that <laughs> stuttering John Rose joke <laughs> when they did the divorce rose? He goes, "Howard got a nose job. <laughs> they built another person." with the remains of that nose. <laughs> oh my God. I it's seriously am looking at this and you know what this reminds me of? Yeah. Like, you know, when you're learning, you know, when you're learning like geometry okay. and <laughs> isosceles triangles. <laughs> yes. And you have to get the angles and you have to know. I mean, this is like a perfect problem. You see the kid with a <laughs> compass and a protractor, and he's going, "Danger! I, I, I can't figure this out." Oh my goodness! You, you just see the plastic surgeon like putting on his gloves. All right, let's take a look at this. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I can't. I'm not a miracle worker. Oh God. Between me, and, between me and Pee Wee Herman, right? No, no, seriously, man. I've been working out, and you've been working out. Yeah, but you're getting ripped off. I think you're getting ripped off. Howard, I'm talking working out, okay, pal? Really? Show me your guns. Come on. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, God. <laughs> now, Howard's taking off his fucking Bruno Sammartino vest. And uh, getting getting himself ready, and like it's funny that this was this must I think this was pre planned. This absolutely was something like we're gonna do this because Joe at that well, point would have been pre- fine. I didn't pre plan having my bathroom waste paper basket in here, so <laughs> no, he's, he's, the gay <laughs> stuff I think is always pre planned. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, are you Mike? You do it. <laughs> Your mic is on your jet. 
Testing one, two, three, four. Testing one. Two. Hey, look. It's just like the camp photo. <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. He was actually at a weight that was, you know, skinny but somewhat normal. Normal. Take yeah. this down 25, 30 pounds. That's what yeah. he is now, if right. not more. Right. That's and as you get older. Disgusting. Yeah. I, I mean, when I said I wanted to twack him in the forehead, I think that might make his whole body spiderweb like a windshield and it would just. Well, he, he, and think, yeah, when you get older, you're losing muscle mass anyway. You have to work twice as hard to get to achieve the same results. And he actually, you don't, you know, you, the body fails eventually, but he's, he never did himself any favors by going so fucking emaciated and stopping eating. And he, other people want, uh, have suggested doing a, um, like an eating disorder episode, which is a great idea because of how many, how often he talks about his weight and how fat he was and you show pictures and stuff. He clearly has some kind of eating disorder, Marfan or whatever. Oh, he look at him just like he just wants to touch Joe. <laughs> Get those cuts. Look at that. Wait, to bodybuilders across the country, man. I'm just I'm working on it, okay? Because there's some guys that are like big, and I don't mean to think like I'm. Big. All right, let's go. What are Come you on. doing? Come on. No, 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 no. Oh, no God, please no. Don't lower the the show down to a point. Don't lower the show. So, Joe. <laughs> it's lower than whale shit at this point. Oh, here's a gold chick. Remember that show, Lost in Space? Here's a quick impression. <laughs> danger! Danger! <laughs> a little quick esoteric television humor. Well, Joe. Don't use, uh, don't use words like esoteric, uh, Joe. You're going you're gonna to have him confused, and Robin's going to be going, yeah, I had that flavor at Baskin-Robbins. Esoteric. Esoteric. Hey, see you, man. I, I can't believe they gave you a television show. This is wild. <laughs> they did. Neither can I. Yeah, man. I owe you one. I really do owe you one, because, uh, so, quite frankly, I would have liked if you brought Eddie Murphy Yeah, I know. That's, but, uh, <laughs> that's pretty well, cool. That's nice. That's nice. So the only fucking guy who would come on your show... You're going to guilt him into not bringing the bigger star on the show. Meanwhile, right. this is how it's going. I have nothing planned. <laughs> and Eddie's filming, like, I don't know, making another fucking blockbuster at, like, Beverly Hills Cop 2 or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? He's at looking at Jamie Lee Curtis's tits. And yeah. He... <laughs> <laughs> the fuck up. And Howard's looking at Joe Piscopo's tits when I read in the paper because you know we've been hearing about this project you and Eddie Lovely have together thank you yeah, so what's for years so even Robin's fed up because Howard's doing nothing, advancing anything, and she's trying her best to actually be a host and this and what so imagine Ed McMahon like interrupting Johnny and going, so listen, Don, uh you know <laughs> where you playing at the Riviera next week? you know what I mean? Oh my god, the only time he ever did that was when he was so shit-faced and it was my <laughs> favorite. I love that one. When, <laughs> when you talking about Joan Embry? <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. You know, when we looked at those animals, they were just little babies and now they're grown up. You know, I thought, I still talk to Joan. Johnny, Johnny, I do. You, and he's like, you oh, really, it's okay. You, it's you okay. really think you're fooling everybody, don't you? <laughs> you want me to give you an one. army cut from the back? <laughs> I love that one. What is Man, what is this all about? Well, it was something, a project we had for a couple of years called The Fountain of Youth, based on the characters we did on Saturday Night Live. Uh, Solomon and Pudge, those mm -hmm. old two blues characters those in the bar. Those two old dudes. Yeah. I thought you were too self-indulgent with that. <laughs> really, I think you went on a little too long with that, but go ahead, yeah? Self-indulgent? Self-indulgent. This is a guy. Where's your mom? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
She should be an executive producer. <laughs> she should be suing for fucking creative control like stuttering John is right now. <laughs> Which, by the way, everybody, if you want to laugh, I, I dare you to look at the stuttering John lawsuit that he's filing against Sirius XM for the uh, use of his voice and his likeness or whatever the fuck. It's oh, my favorite part was he said is that his... <laughs> His his celebrity draw. <laughs> I just is why just... people is why people come to the show. They used they used his name for the celebrity draw to serious. Oh wait a minute! Is that the show <laughs> with a... Stuttering John? <laughs> the guy who alcoholic sweats, fucking Paps Blue Ribbon. <laughs> All I have, all I was, I was just imagining if the, the if it ever gets to court and Stuttering John starts reading, <laughs> starts be testifying, and that drool comes out of him, that spittle that drips out of him. <laughs> like there's a gif on our Facebook group page that I'll try to find again. I mean, for fuck's sake, I love when he talks politics. I just answer back, like just to fuck with him on Twitter. Oh, I'm yeah. like, he's like, yeah, you're dotard. You don't know anything. Exactly. Bring your dotard to the slaughter. Don't tell me we're making that into a movie. The two old guys are just going to walk around and be in a movie? At the piano. Do you want to ask? Do you want to ask? If you want guests to come back, it'll be a little nice. I want to see Mr. FCC over here. Cut the line on TV now. Not going to happen here. He's just going to drill. He's just going to drill you about how you're not good enough. And how you can't get Eddie Murphy to come on this show. Sexual television show. What are we doing now? We're taking a break? No, no, no. Because Joe has decided to perform for us. Oh, wait, tonight. Wait, wait, you know, it's a it's beautiful. With these guys, with a Rossi, and I'll do a little something like a little yeah. bit here. They want to do something. A vamp. The vamp is a vamp, if you will. Right, okay. It's got to be good, man. I got to get picked up on the network. <laughs> snap along those fingers through my hair that sly comb here the spare strips my conscience bare it's witchcraft steve arino think of him hello and i have no defense for it the heat is too intense for it Ooh. what more could common sense for it do this take is the best friend. part of it because it's witchcraft that cuckoo witchcraft. Yeah. And although I know it's strictly taboo. Dean, take it, baby. Oh, where you around to meet me? Oh, my eyes are yes, indeed me. Oh, proceed with what you need me to. Yes, Sam, you wanted to say. Wait, but he's dancing around like it's... <laughs> like it's a, like, like it's, East, you Easter egg hunt. Did it, Jesse's girl did it. <laughs> well, you got to throw Frankie. You got to throw Blue Eyes into the into the eighties with with, with, the, with the flourish. Tag is here. It is such an ancient bitch, but one that I'd never switch. There ain't no nicer witch than you. Thank you. Then Howard, then you, 
Who said they're behind me? Here it is. Then you. Did you think he's singing straight to you, Sam? Did it did it uh, drive a knife right through your heart? <laughs> yep. You know what? <laughs> Show's great. You've just been cancelled. Thank, Thank you. No. Travel arrangements for some guests made through Eastern Airlines. For convenient hourly flights between New York and Boston or Washington, depend on Eastern Shuttle Plus. At Eastern, we've got your summer. I'll just mute it a bit. Go ahead. You know what I love, too, is the fact that they were, when they were singing the wires and the microphones were going over each other. Well, I mean, technical limitations of any of any kind of uh, network show, but and this is pre-wireless. Oh, there's We're no not, choreography. Not, no, you it's actually guy, sorry, my you mistake. Got a it's guy not... wearing this tuxedo, then you got another guy homeless, <laughs> and then you got Joe Piscopo that looks like you know he's in a Bruce Springsteen video. <laughs> it's just he's insane. Like... He's a throwback to when the Knicks were still all white. Uh, but the thing is, um, you got like, yeah, I said pre, pre-wireless. pre It wasn't. Wireless was developed way, way back. This is pre-budget is what it is. <laughs> Pre-money put into the show. And, th- and this is what I explained to before. If I were Stern, like if I were Howard, and I really felt strongly about any project that I was doing, I'd put my own money behind it, but he never has. He never wants to be the one to Okay, then let, then let's play devil's advocate. Sure. Sure. I'm going to ask what? you and you're going to ask me. So right. aside from like the shitty graphics and clothes, because obviously that comes along with the time. Yeah. What would you have done if you were given this opportunity, if you were him? Well, if it's a late night show, first of all, I would just make First of all, you got to make it about the guests that you're having in, because that is the ultimately the draw. Oh, so-and-so is going to be on so much. That's 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 the way I was as a kid. When I tuned into, like, if I saw Madeline Kahn was going to be on fucking Carson, I would tune. I, I knew I wasn't going to listen. You know, in TV Guide, it said who was on, or Tony Orlando, whatever. I didn't give a fuck. But if Don Rickles was in, Jonathan Winters was in, fucking I don't know, Milton Berle, any of the any comic was in, I'd absolutely tune in. And also, there was a new comic. So the whole point of the Carson show, it wasn't about Johnny, even though he eventually sort of made it so that it was. It was about the setting. So you have to create the setting where people are going to feel comfortable coming in and people are going to feel comfortable watching and feel this is good. This is familiar. This is funny. He does so much in these shows in these five shows and we're not going to go through all five of them guys that there's no, the show has no sense of itself. So as a result, he doesn't know what what would you have done to have a sense of itself. I would have had the desk situation, which all those shows would have. I would have made it about the interviews, which in the E! interview show, that's exactly what he did. It was just him and the guest. Here you got too much busy, too much bullshit. You, as you talked about, the, the, the art, whatever art direction they had, which was non-existent, <laughs> was amateur hour and slapdash. You look like a fucking your father's garage sale after he gets divorced and he's got to sell off all of his fucking wagon wheels. And, you know, and they, that just yeah, was it's everyone's and, basement. Right, exactly. And it looks it looks like a trashy fucking college show. He talked about in the summit we're a college radio show. Well, you that's you never got through that fucking mentality that you are an amateur schmuck. And it, it carries over into this. And then five years later when he gets a budget to do another show on the Channel Nine shows, which he also doesn't own, thank God, 
um, he does the same mistakes. So he never learns from his mistakes. So I thought because he was kind of cunning edge and it's like, you know, later 80s, mid, later 80s. I would and make it more because, like Tom and because, because of the way that he was given this opportunity, what I would have done is, okay, you want a musical act? You want something? Mm-hmm. How about we do the introduction as we're going to have this musical act? So we're introducing the show with a musical act. Mm-hmm. Panning to us and here's us after that performance and we're going to sit down and we're going to talk to whatever musical act is on fine yeah ask him a couple things and then we'll be right back commercial next segment we're going to talk about what's going on in the world right and etc etc well the the music guests you should follow because you wanted people to tune in until they longer so like if you put the music guest on first or near the beginning you may have but lost i think that would be cool and different for him i, I suppose but uh, the other thing is he should have made it more intimate he should have made it more like a tom snyder type show where it's just him right. or charlie rose and be that's being what he wants now so many years after he's he's not capable of it and he never was capable of it so that's how i would have done it this is all like wacky fucking this is again Wee's playhouse as a talk show and it's again like he doesn't understand the fact that he's edgy on the radio fine but the things he's edgy for and what we care about he doesn't understand no and that, and that's the other thing i say peewee's playhouse as a joke as, as 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 an insult but it's not paul rubens made sure that fucking show was good it was edited properly it was filmed properly I and they still was written perfectly watch peewee's i made me watch peewee's playhouse we fucking love it it's hysterical it was great. It was fucking perfect. And, um, and it is I think so fucking funny, by the way, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, it is. And so he could never get to that stage. That's the whole point because he's too stupid, but also because the people behind him didn't have any brains. Buckwald wanted him to be on TV. Absolutely. He pushed for this. Stern was never going to be comfortable on TV. And what you're going to hear later is the clips we're playing of him were going, oh, I, I never wanted to be on TV. Why would you accept this fucking job, this tryout, if you didn't <laughs> want to be on TV? If you, you didn't accepted want to have a show. rewarding a dog show <laughs> as a champion of the fucking America. Yeah. You so. said America, America judged, and I picked a dog show. <laughs> Let's keep going. The Howard should have uh, piano lessons. I always felt it was important. And uh, we engaged a uh, piano teacher, and I came home from work one night, and uh, my wife said to me, the piano teacher said that he's, he doesn't want to give him any more lessons, he feels we're wasting our money, and we should cut it out. I said, look, it's my money. Just tell him to continue on with the, giving him lessons, because I felt it was important, because he wouldn't practice or do anything. <laughs> well, that piano teacher left, and then we had another one, and it just worked out about a month and a half after he was given Howard lessons, this teacher committed suicide. Oh. <laughs> my. We've heard that God. story a million times from Howard's own mouth, of course. I've been, I took piano from the time I was six till about 15. Mm-hmm. And I started with um, we, a, a Catholic college, so like mm-hmm. nuns. Mm-hmm. Did you? And oh, yeah, go ahead. No joke. If somebody ever, if my, if any teacher said that to my mom, like, you shouldn't continue, you're just a pile of shit. 
I can't, I mean, I can't even imagine what my mother would say or my, <laughs> like a teacher say you have no ability whatsoever. Like you're never right. going to imagine and that. They would, they would tell you that they were super strict. I mean, it was like we competed in, um, guilds, which was like where we had to like play in front of judges and sure. you had to do it without music and you played in front of three judges and they wrote out these report cards and then they judged you accordingly yeah. and then you got your trophies accordingly. I mean, it was right. like a real legit competitive thing to do. If right. they ever said that to my mom, she would have pulled me in two seconds flat. I mean, yeah. no way. Well, if I sucked. So uh, I have a question for you, which is, I guess, totally off topic. But y when you finished all the Royal Conservatory stuff, it, was there a point where if you got to a certain level, you got a high, uh, like a music credit in high school? It wasn't for school. It wasn't actually for high school at all. Oh, I no, didn't... no, I know. I know. But as a result, like if you got to a certain level in Canada, in Ontario, at least your grade nine, we ninth grade, whatever we say, grade nine guys, sorry, your grade nine music credit, you didn't have to take music because you got your Royal Conservatory, whatever badge saying you completed okay. this. I know what you're saying now. Um, yeah. Yes. So like in high school, like we have to take like I was in choir and stuff, but for uh -huh. we had certain tests for like, yeah. if you know what um, P means or F means yeah. in yeah. dynamics and sure. crescendo, decrescendo, all those tests for those signs, like automatically I knew what they were. So I already like I didn't have to do any of that stuff. Yes. Yeah, sight reading. Right. Just because yeah. I already knew. So that mm -hmm. kind of thing, I guess I got bypassed for. But um, I, I, I can't imagine a teacher saying, this kid has no talent. What are you doing? I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. take him out. Well, <laughs> well, that's the funny part, because we know he has no talent at anything. Like he really was talentless. And when they say he was good as a, as a ventriloquist or as a puppeteer. OK, great. Then he should have been a fucking puppeteer. Not a radio host ever or a TV host. I still I think about like as a kid, like how much I practiced and mm. how much it took for me to do some things that I'm like, I was nine, 10, 11. Yeah, I can't. Uh, you know what I mean? I can't imagine. That means he wasn't doing anything. Like, he clearly <laughs> just wasn't he doing was his doing work. Nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's and that's true. You got to you got it got a certain amount of hours to be good at anything. I picked up a guitar a few years ago and I've like I've learned three chords, maybe. And um, it's just sitting there collecting dust. If you got to put in a certain amount of practice hours to get anything. And then I just haven't done it. And he probably didn't either. So let's keep going. In the tradition of oh, no. Jackie Gleason and the Gold Diggers on Martin D. Martin Show, gonna like we're going to have the Howard Stern dance. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've got audition tapes from different members. That's right. And I figured, Joe, what we'll do, are we going to have the audience judge who the Howard Stern dancers are? Shouldn't you fucking know this? <laughs> are we going to have them? <laughs> are we going to have the judge? <laughs> Fuck my life. Give him so much credit. Oh my god, and his parents are in the audience. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's that? And his parents are in the audience. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you think if this was okay, if this were my parents and I was at a recital or I was at anything and this is what I was presenting, my parents would be rip me off the stage. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, but but they don't care. Like that's the whole point. They don't they don't 
they're ha- they they see that it's making him money, and if it's making him money, it's making their lives better. They don't have to like it, uh, and I think they feel also in some way over the years he kind of bullied them into doing things. Mm-hmm. I think he, I, I hope think Ellison he probably likes this exactly. What the fuck? Wait. (laughs) The 80s were were so much fun. (laughs) I think the the third one's the cutest, I think. The one in the uh, light light blue uh, and uh, black, whatever. The lineup this afternoon, right? This is the one that that almost looks like she has a dick in spandex. (laughs) You never know. Might have been Siobhan. Ladies want to be Howard Stern dancers. That's right. Only two of them, because we have a very low budget affair here. <laughs> Only two of these oh, beautiful Howard Stern dancers. Yeah. And you guys have the one with the fucking fringe hanging off. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like a cheap fucking version of Bye Bye Birdie off Broadway. Rosie, gotta love. <laughs> No, I'm so happy. I only know of Bye Bye Birdie as a as a thing. I've never seen a musical in my life. I don't think a movie musical. Yeah, not a. I've never been to a musical. Thank fuck. Uh, oh, and that's not true. I saw Phantom of the Opera when I was uh, grade eleven or so. We went on a trip to see Pantages Theater in Toronto. That was excellent. Think I gotta of, say. Think of this fondly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I already know who won. <laughs> Wait a minute. We'll find out. We've got to interview them all. Okay, all right. All right. You are going to judge in the <laughs> audience. That looks like a fella. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Is that a model? <laughs> Didn't you marry one? <laughs> Let's let Fred decide. This is number one. What's your name? Tara Zadroga. All right. What is that, Polish? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, that's beautiful. We'll go bowling later. <laughs> but be sure to... I don't get the reference, and I'm sure it's lost on me. Maybe some one of the old codgers that listens to our show shows can explain why Polish and bowling go together, because a couple episodes later, he uses the same fucking joke again. And I don't I'm sure... have any idea, and I'm yeah, sorry. I I... Yeah. I heard loads of Polish jokes growing up, but nothing about bowling. Sorry. Wear that outfit. <laughs> How did you get into the contest? Well, I listened to Howard in the morning religiously, and my boyfriend really made me do it, though. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why she okay. disqualify? <laughs> she break up with okay. him after this. <laughs> oh, my God. She looks like her hair. Oh. What? What? Look at this. This is what we have as the best of the Howard Stern girls. Oh, my God. She looks like she was raped behind the fucking bleachers. <laughs> Back alley, Sally. Well, the, the, holy shit! I don't know. Holy the, I think shit! This, it really does look like yeah the the uh, like the morning five a.m. call at Plato's retreat, and uh, they decided whoever was still not passed out was going to audition for this shit. And look at Robin interviewing them. <laughs> yeah, Robin. This, I think this woman should be Howard Stern dancer just based on the appearance right here. Number two, Beth Lieberman. Yeah. You're Jewish. Yeah. Howard wanted to be next to Joe during this. He didn't want to be anywhere near vagina. Look at him. He goes, yeah, I want to, I'm going to look at this closely. Let me put on my dark sunglasses where I see nothing. (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't turn around. Let me literally put on block out vision. (laughs) Let me make it as hard as possible for myself to see anything resembling a woman. (laughs) What? What? He's putting white out in front of his eyes. He's just fucking. 
You look like it. No, I didn't. No, and no. No, maybe you went to Harvard. No. Well, if she didn't go to bartending school, she's probably at a dead end job. That's right. She'll never move up. She'll never graduate from a really big bar. Hold on, what? What? Good, Robin. Oh, she didn't go to bartending school. She'll never move up. Oh, look at Beth. She did fine. She came out, of, came out of a steel worker town. <laughs> Still, on a steel horse I ride. <laughs> Beth came out of a swing state. She's doing good. <laughs> Give me one sec. Let me just write this down. Hold on. I'm fucking crying right now. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> I know, guys, these visual things. Like this is the whole point. When we do these visual walkthroughs, we're trying our best to make sure you, the listener of the podcast, not the viewer on YouTube, knows what we're talking about. That's key. And he's—it's just him with the shades on because, as Sam already said, but he looks befuddled. Huh. He looks like if you got drunk at a party and passed out, and you wanted to dress somebody up and drop penises on their face, you would <laughs> put this on him. A dead end job. That's right. You'll never That's move right. up. You'll never graduate. Really big bar. <laughs> Well, that's good. Okay, this is great. Right. Maybe you can get a job being a Howard Stern dancer. Yeah, it could Love be a it. gig for you in this. Hello. Hi. Number three, what is your name? <laughs> you guys, you animals! This is a legitimate contest! Robin, let me say something before you interview the next one. Yes. I want to be totally honest here and tell you and tell Joe and the people at home, the reason that we are doing this is so that we can get some sex into the program. <laughs> Every week, the girls will come out and do synchronous. Hashtag dance. me too. Do you hear the fucking disinterest in his voice when he says it? We're here to get some sex. Like, it's a throwaway. Uh, we're going to get some sex. And he's also, why isn't he the one interviewing them if he's so fucking sexed up? Because he's a homo? <laughs> oh, no. You mean that just that Jewish humor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Sexiest thing I've ever seen in my life. But yeah. Continue, Robin. Wait a You leave your wife and kill him for a young... That's a third fucking reference to him leaving his wife. If I were Joe, Joe Piscopo, if I were him, I'd punch him out. Like, at yeah, this point. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, like, why? Okay, it's a shock jock, whatever. You're friends with him, whatever. I think just Joe, Joe's an idiot and doesn't know any better. But, um, and keep in mind, we, get, Joe we give a lot a of those passes, though. We give a lot of those, oh, they're just idiots. Oh, they're just sycophants. Oh, they're just, no, there must be some sort of, I don't know. I don't know either, yeah. I'm 22-year-old and I'm sexist. Yeah, why are you drooling over that? And I'm staying with my kids. Now, just sit quiet. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm staying with my kids. <laughs> no, I haven't not. seen them. <laughs> I've been working on this show in the basement, jerking off to Nine Inch Nails all day while Ralph sucks my deck. You shut up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a, hindsight's a bitch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, see? Yeah. Ah, come on, copper. You know, you're, gonna, you're never going to get me alive. Yeah, see? <laughs> you understand. Yeah, exactly. Father of the year. Father of the year. What are you doing? Yeah, my, my son doesn't see me do trash. Father I'm like the, the airwaves, pal, okay? Oh, yeah. Hey, man. Hey, man. Uh, 
father of the year? Who voted for you, Charles Manson? His son doesn't see him. Why are you doing, like, how is this a show? Well, this is, this is it, it, like I said, it's a shitty version of Pee-wee's Playhouse as performed by, I don't know, Suffolk County College, Suffolk, Suffolk fucking community college, you know, players. And it's shit. It's just outright shit. So, you know, you're the exec. Uh, this is minute 2427, okay? T- this is the timestamp so far. You're the Fox exec. You're watching this. How far into it before you've already said, fuck, this is, this is we're not doing anything with this guy? Why? Because they have like King Tut's tomb, like how they (laughs) excavated it onto the stage. But they have this, you know, leather chair of a Wall Street guy. And then in the back, they have Rocky speed bag. I mean, what is going on? (laughs) Gordon Gecko chair. (laughs) Well, I again, I I just don't understand. I've always said about for years, this is a little off topic, but it it connects that Tarantino really started to suck when his editor died and he never replaced her because he filmed every fucking thing and he wanted every word of his in the film and it's, they just got bloated and self-important. Howard doesn't have an editor in himself or in his fucking crew that can tell him, no, this is shit. He also doesn't allow people around him to actually voice that opinion the only one who did was possibly jackie maybe billy and he was West, along for, and he was Artie. along for this he's he's under the stage like he's so he's under this desk passing him notes to yeah his lap. by the way That's guys <laughs> just, just so you know so uh, so, uh, so jackie doesn't really get a pass but you know that if he did if anybody would voice something it'd probably be jackie although i think he'd be such a chicken shit at the time he'd say nothing because this is early Jackie. He's only been on the show, what, four years, some five years, maybe tops, maybe three I years. I think with his personality, I think he might have always have had spoken up, in my opinion. But I think that it just got more pronounced. Man, you never know. Either way, nothing got solved uh, before the, the end of this episode. Wait a second. Mom, oh. <laughs> what do you think of what Joe did to his wife? And- <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to talk about it? Listen no. to that lady. Why? I mean, listen to Mr. Koch right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three, what is your name? Joe. All right, Joe. You hear me say, I can make fun of my father. You can't, Joe. Did you just oh, hear that? Oh, my God. And on top of that, Ray, what do you think about what he did to his wife? Wow, I wonder how must Ray felt when you left your wife and three kids for a bimbo Polish Catholic <laughs> who has eyes the size of fucking dime slot. Right. And whose teeth look like the land shark from He-Man and the fucking masters of the universe. I do. This is Candace. Candace. Candace, what do you do? I'm a student. A student? Yeah. Where? Do Where? Doesn't look, she look kind of Britney-ish in a way? Yeah, she's a cutie. She looks a little bit like Paul Abdul too. Yeah. Pace University. <laughs> oh, what a good job you're going to have when you get a Pace University. What is your major? Oh, fuck grade. you, BU 13th grade. <laughs> and 14. <laughs> he did a couple of years. Community. Idiot. I say that because, you know, uh, just the other day I was looking for the New York Times, Joe, <laughs> and uh, there was a, a stack, I mean, literally a stack, a huge column of jobs for communications majors. <laughs> What do you want to be, like a DJ? A DJ or something? 
You want to be a DJ? No, I want to work in. Because she's so stupid. That's what she, what she wants to be. The other thing was, guys, he does that communications joke twice in case you didn't get the unfunny the first time. TV. Uh-huh. TV. Oh, so this could be a big break for her. This is it. Yeah, we'll talk later. <laughs> yeah. He's, he, you know what? Jacob was right. He's talking to this girl like she's like a girlfriend. Like, hey, we'll talk later. And then he fixes his hair. She fixes her hair. There, he's taught. He's more comfortable as a woman. But um, from a distance. Right. Right. He's got to interview and ch- touches Joe. Like, right. And he's got to be next to Joe. But he doesn't Correct. want to be anywhere near the women. I think it's uh, quite telling. Somebody else psychologically might think we're full of shit. I don't know. What is your name? My name is Claudia Porcelli. Claudia Porcelli. Will you stop that? We're holding a contest. You You and Joe stop cutting up. Claudia, what do you do? I work and I have a lot of fun. Uh Aha. Okay. I think it's time to get the girls dancing, don't you? All right. Let's go to your number one. It's your turn. Yeah, go ahead. This is where the cringe doesn't end, guys. It's just the beginning. So when we (laughs) hashtag me too. Um, So we're on a show that's not even picked up by Fox. And we're going to degrade these girls lives, their education, what they do for a living. This is a show that's not even picked up by a network. And we're going to make them feel like shit. (laughs) What advertisers would you put on this show who might actually like (laughs) What kind of advertising do you expect? I don't know. Uh, remedial BU. <laughs> Truck driver school like the Sally Struthers thing. Uh, you Gun repair, uh, bookkeeping, every, everything you need to be in the mafia. <laughs> Shit. I like this guy. So this is the tryout. Nice arse. Go ahead. Yeah. But this is like late. I mean, Dirty Dancing already came out. What is that? What is oh, this it, supposed it, it, to be? I when was Dirty Dancing? Eighty seven. I think yeah. it was earlier. No, eighty seven. I'm pretty sure. And uh, <laughs> Footloose was earlier. That's for sure. <laughs> but um, this is supposed to be tryouts. On a fucking show. This is what you're going to put up as content. Just like tits yeah, and ass. but trying out for what? I don't know what the show is. I don't know who the guests are. You better do a good job. <laughs> I don't know my name. I don't know what I'll be wearing from one one day to the next. I mean, he could be in drag. He could be in fucking... You never know. Jesus. Here comes the tranny. No. The... Oh my fucking lord. I picked the blue mermaid. <laughs> the blue Ariel. Yeah, because she at least has some, you know, pose. Pose. Yeah. 
this is just a, like I said, it's amateur hour. It's amateurish. It's pathetic. It's look it's at not that funny. Didn't you, look at this huge sweaty beef. <laughs> I don't know that I've used that word in the last twenty years. Beef. <laughs> well, welcome to our show. <laughs> exactly where we use taint. <laughs> I never heard that taint. until the Stern show. So look at this. I, I didn't either. Look at that this was, swollen I... camel. Right here, above the fringe. Well, uh, Miss fucking... Maybe she's premenstrual. Oh, God. Stop that. Okay. Anybody saying that this is sexist or indecent or something like that, <laughs> hey, this is no different than what Dick Clark did for 17 years on that American bandstand. I remember how long he did it. If you if you had like uh, if I could do it with you know Photoshop I I'd, I'd love to point the directions everywhere his eye goes during this one little thing and make a gif of it where it's just like heat vision going here 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 left right center. Have you ever seen anything like that from anybody trying to be a talk show host? Yeah, it reminds me of you know when you first start playing video games and you have to kill people but you don't know how to like use the direction of your viewing screen and so you're just like pointing and aiming everywhere and so it's literally like your aimer is going everywhere when you're trying to kill someone so you're just like you know blowing up bridges and up is down dots and things he has no idea his eyes are crazy yeah and this is and something um I believe it was the Howard TV. Well I'm sure it was Richie Wilson that that gave the intel but it was on the um uh, Reddit, a serious problem thread where they called him crazy eyes. They said they tried every trick they could during the Howard TV editing to X. Anytime they saw his eyes going nuts, they had to try to, you know, edit it out. But there's sometimes where it just was impossible because the other camera shots weren't usable or there was nothing in the either way. They just <laughs> like if they had to, if they have to focus on him and he was doing it. And he wanted it that way. That he had, they had to leave it in. There's nothing. What are they going to do? Put it like mosaic his fucking crazy eyes. So. I know. I mean, it really is like when you're on a roll and craps, and you're just like, "Come on, Nina Louise, Snake yeah. Eyes," and you're just yeah, like, it's, <laughs> "I just, I find it disturbing." Actually, it's like he's a cornered rat, like looking for a way out. Yeah, because it's the false self. He wants to be in the dress. <laughs> yeah, maybe.